Meanwhile, we find our heroes in the center of Lad's Edition, engaged in a strange arcane ritual. Okay, let's try the let's try the chant one more time with a little bit more bug milk. All right. Now, should I finish the bug milk? No, 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 because just we're a gonna, little bit of it. Just in okay. case we need to, if we do need to send him away, we need a little bit of left. Audience, you should really understand that we're both uh, we're both gesturing with bananas in our hands while doing this because this is serious work. <laughs> and okay. I've got the tarot bat. Yes. Okay. Oh wait, you're supposed to slash at some point, aren't you? Well, why don't you slash at the end of the first utterance? Just okay. don't hit my okay. hand. Okay. 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 Meloso vobiscum et cum spiritum. Whoosh. Oh, that was gross. Oh, it's going through his mouth. Oh, there's a hole, there's a hole. Is that a portal? <laughs> it's technically a portal. We did actually create we, a portal. There's a tiny little portal. Uh, you know, this sort of seems like the sort of thing that uh, needs a uh, like giant mushroom bomb. We should have yeah. taken a bunch of mushrooms. Yeah, I did take some today for microdosing. <laughs> Time to get real! I want to see some crazy whiz-biz! What's the magnet made out of, ding-dong? I want to see some of that whiz-biz. This castle is in unacceptable condition! Unacceptable! Mathematical! Did you feel it Bacon pancake! there, people. Welcome to the WizBiz with Alex and Eric. This is Alex, and that's... Eric. Hey, I got it right. <laughs> Tonight, we're discussing Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2 of Adventure Time. Ooh. Season 2, it's finally happened. Ladies and gentlemen, we slogged through the long, scary darkness as is Season 1 to merge into the bright light of a hellish thing that is Season 2. I have been excited about Season 2 for a long time. I feel like... Season two. I mean, you know, it just kicks off with some really great stuff that just uh, introduces cool plot elements and fun things and like stuff starts happening like right away. Episode one is is a strong start. But before we talk about season two, episode one, I do believe we need to tell the audience about something. Okay. Two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. On this very show, we said that we were going to go axe throwing. Axe god we went axe throwing we went axe throwing now i need to tell you something eric okay uh this is a little backstory to our axe throwing that you don't know oh i was like two percent thinking about killing you with an axe but only like two percent okay what was the other 98 percent of you thinking about like, killing you definitely with? didn't want to kill you with anything like with, wanted, with nothing we, no no i wanted you to live like a long and healthy life 98 percent oh, and then two percent just just think about how popular one the arnomancy archive will get Two, Alex Cast Archive, John and Alex Hate Stuff, and John has another podcast that he could be the guy that his podcast partner killed his other podcast partner with an axe at a casual axe-throwing event. You know, it could be better than that. John could make a true crime podcast about... Exactly. Oh, so I We would... really screwed up. You should have killed me. So here's the thing. I'd be gutted if you died. But like okay. 2% of me, like definitely less than 15, was thinking, just throw an axe in his head. Man. Man, missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Yeah, though, <clears throat> I probably would have tried it early, and we weren't very good at throwing them early. Yeah, you probably just would have hit me with a handle or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I probably would have just gotten a concussion, honestly. Well, I mean, I guess if you got Maybe concussed, yeah. I could follow up with like a like a full axe throttling. That's true. And, you know, I mean, honestly, given our first few throws, I probably would have just got like a bruised shin. 
That's true, but you probably would fall, and then I could dive on you and do, here's Johnny, and then I'll cut through your head. Yeah, except with, that I also axe. had an axe. I feel like I'm more nimble than you. Which we, we, we well, should tell now, people. hold on. Now that it turns out that we, we have uh, thrown our axes, we should tell them the result. Yeah. On Twitter, I put up a poll saying mm-hmm. who would win. Alex. Eric. They would both get horribly injured. Alex got 13%. Eric got 13%. They'll both get horribly injured. Got... 74%. 74% of people thought that we would both... I actually voted for us both getting horribly injured. I think I voted for you. Really? Yeah. Well, that's flattering. Yeah. That must have been that must have been the 4% of you that felt guilty about the 2% of you that wanted to kill me. Like, it's definitely under 20% I was thinking about murdering you. Like, it's like... And like low, <laughs> like, like 18 tops. Uh, yeah, so I guess we should tell the audience that, uh, well, we tied... <laughs> We tied. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, didn't get injured. Well, we played two different games. The first one was um, sort of like just an around. And around the, the world. Around the world. Which, which I defeated you. Yeah. I think you beat me two to one. And then. That. And then we played cricket. Which I think you beat me two to nothing. Yeah. And I beat you in cricket. Was it really? Yeah, I guess so. Because we only played twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So in the end, we were tied. I mean, you know what? It's. But I don't think it's fair yet. I don't think we can really say for certain. Oh, this does not close the book of, of, of axe throwing competition right. on this show. I no. mean, so I, there's a couple things that we need to talk about. First of all, it was f- it was a fucking blast. I it's loved very it. Fun. Axe throwing was amazing. So if you guys are in Portland, dear listeners, uh, we went to uh, Celtic Axe. And, yeah, um, we went to the one at uh, Hopworks Urban Brewery. Yeah. And yeah. our axe throwing master, El Pastor, a.k.a. I didn't remember his real name. But... Yeah, Al Pastor. He was really helpful. He was really cool. You know, when we were having trouble with the axes, he's like, oh, try this one with a longer handle. And like right away, we both started improving. Yes. Um, but I mean, you know, we started off just barely able to do anything. And by the end, we were, I would say we were sticking the axe in the board 80% of the time. Yeah, maybe. yeah. We were, we were doing a lot of sticking. It was doing well. It wasn't always where we wanted yeah, the it to aim, go. The aim was still a little struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that midway through... When I was getting the hang of the throw, I want I should have switched back to the the small axe because I started doing well with the small axe. I felt more accurate, but I was I was bouncing off the board more. And I, once I got my throw in, I feel like I probably get more accuracy. So if we go again, I'm going to try some small axe action. I think uh, I think also you know um, going into it, I was sort of uh, positing sort of positing. I posited that uh, you would do better than me because you do all of the um, uh, disc golfing stuff, yes. uh, but it turns out that some of the disc golfing technique got in the way of your axe. Oh, throwing. it was it was a huge detriment because you because the, the axes pretty much just flipped themselves, and Alex yes. was adding a little bit of extra. I was doing wrist. a lot of wrists because that's yeah. that's what you do in the disc golf. Turns it's, out you don't need to do the wrist, and it, it was really axes? hard for me to fight all that years of high level professional disc golf competition that I have ingrained in me. Oh man, but it was it was a blast. I really really yeah. loved it was it. a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed it greatly. Um, I would like to go again. I want to win the axe at the end where you throw, if you get a certain number of points, you win an axe. Yeah, yeah, that was a difficult one. Um, okay, before we continue, I am going to adjust your microphone a little okay. bit. Hmm, is there a pause? Let's find out. I think if I... Uh, all right, so we're covering uh, season two, episodes one and two in this yes. episode. Uh, and the first one of those, episode one... Uh, welcome to the Nightosphere, is that what it's called? It came from the Nightosphere. And honestly, you know, wait, this... wait, wait. I, want, I want to stop you. Sorry. Okay. Do we want to talk about our history with this before we talk about the actual episode? 
Because we've referenced it. Yeah. So this episode inspired us. Like, uh, I guess it was, God, it was like four years ago at least now, maybe five years ago. It was before the pandemic. I think closer to five, yeah. Because, yeah. So um, it, I was still a pretty new podcaster, and I'd been on your show a few times, and we decided to do a Halloween episode, yes. a two-parter, where we took the ritual from this, and we went to the middle of Lad's edition and tried to summon Hunts and Abadir. Yes, using uh, homemade bogey milk, which is I ordered desiccated bugs off of Amazon. Oh man, it was so fucking and gross. and a bottle of so uh, I think it was I think it was cow milk. It may have been oat milk that he just happened to have in the fridge. Yeah, and uh, so I ground up the the bugs in a coffee grinder oh, and uh, mixed it with the with the milk. It went to Lad's edition with bananas, the milk, uh, the the fill face written on a drawn on a big piece of paper, and yeah. we, we yeah. stood in the middle of Lad's doing doing the. Chant. Do you remember what it is? Wobis. Oh yeah, uh, Meloso Wobiscum et cum spiritum. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, and you know it was kind of f- a fun uh, experience for a number of reasons. Like first of all, at that point I was doing I think pretty much all of my podcast recording on my field recorder. So I had my field recorder. Uh, it's a lavalier mic on me and a wireless lavalier mic on you. Remember yeah, we were that? very fancy. We were very fancy. Uh, I had my tarot bat with me. We did some chanting. Oh, we I had forgot bananas. you had the tarot bat with you. Yes. Yeah, we had bananas. We had cold fries from McDonald's, or I think they were from McDonald's. Oh, yeah, we did. Shit, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, we brought fries. We brought everything. It was, it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, and we didn't really summon hum- Hunts and Abadir. Thankfully, no, we we didn't, uh, nor did we summon any kind of weird synchronicity around Adventure Time. Uh, we I was positing that uh, uh, the hope would be like maybe somebody would walk through the park as we're finishing with an Adventure Time shirt on or something. Yeah. Or somebody with a dog named Jake would walk through or Eric gets his soul sucked out by the embodiment of evil. Yeah. And none of those happened. Mm. Eh. That last one, you know, I feel like my soul is still here. Really? Yeah. Listen to me sing. Daddy, why did you eat my fries? No. Uh, also, do you even love me? I would just point out that you should have read the fine print on the Alex Cast contract that you signed when you first showed up. Because um, <laughs> I assure you, you do not have ownership of your soul. Can, what, what, what can I say? I'm a, I'm a soul stealer. Okay. So you know, is, my soul is a timeshare. Oh, perfect. Uh, that is our background. It is yeah. it is a momentous episode in the history of Arnomancy, of My Chemical Bromance, of the Alex cast. Oh, yeah. It really set the tone. I mean, we've done, what, three or four Halloween specials together, I think? Three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we did that. Then we tried to summon uh, Etrigan the demon right. uh, the next year. That and, was a blast. Too. And then we did like a weird pandemic uh, remote one. Yeah, uh, uh, just last year in 2022. That was a Wizbiz. No, 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 no. Oh, we did do four of that. No, because there was a there was a Halloween Alex cast and Arnamancy dual thing oh, during right. the pandemic. Yeah, and we had like some guests. Yeah, call it, in. it was. It Steph was quick. Was there? It was I think. somewhat awkward, and uh, it was, yeah, I think it, that's why we forgot. <laughs> yeah, it, it it didn't. Everything went poorly. It was the year. pandemic. We didn't yeah. know what was happening. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, then we did a Wizbiz one where we were live on Twitch last year. And, yeah. Yeah. So we're and like the, regular Halloween guys. Yeah, I loved the... I thought the Twitch one was probably Twitch the one was most fun. fun. Yes. Um, and I believe it's on our YouTube. We have a YouTube channel that we never talk about because we never use it. Well, I think there's just the one video, if that's even on there. Yeah, I think I put it up there. Did you? I'll put a link to it in the show notes if yeah. it exists. And if it doesn't, then 
Well, it's, it's lost. lost. No, I, I definitely saved it. I know yeah. I downloaded it. So this episode, it's, uh, you know, it's about Hunson Abadir. And you might be asking yourself, uh, who the hell is Hunson Abadir? And yes, Hunson Abadir is the king of hell. The master of the nightosphere. Son of the Hun. Son of the Hun. Uh, and the father of Marceline, the vampire queen. Correct. Um, yeah. And I mean, this episode opens with kind of a really touching thing where you see that. Uh, so I, mean, I think the last time we saw Marceline was in like the henchman episode in season one. That's the one. last one I remember. And uh, and at the end of that, Marceline and Finn were kind of like bonding and we see that they've actually become friends. Like they make me, they jam and make music together and they have this thing where like Finn is beatboxing and Marceline is plays this, the song. Is this the first Finn beatbox? I don't think so. Because I know he's done robot voice. Has he or already? that auto-tune like, you know, computer in the... Did he already do that? I thought so. Yeah, I think it's not sure if it's first beatbox definitely beatboxes yeah uh, across the show yeah yeah so there's a uh, an annoying momentous thing where it's like oh god this is gonna happen for the rest of it because let's face it some of Finn's uh attributes are less than um yeah i mean you know he's just a wee little boy he's he's kind of i'm not dunking on him i'm just saying you know as 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 someone that's gonna watch this shit i was like oh god he's singing you know, Marceline is like really so. We still see in this episode. I think Marceline hasn't totally regained her compassion for mortals, right? She's still kind of yes. distant. And it's funny, you know, we learn later on that like this episode that she's singing about happened a thousand years ago. Yes, when her daddy ate her fries. Yes, um, which was like just after the Mushroom War. I know I've brought this up on the show before, but I'm still confused as to how this happens. Okay. Marceline is born the offspring, like Hunson Abadir put his his peepee in in her mom's her mom's I don't know how it works, but you know, they make them they make the mommy and the daddy sounds. Yeah, it's a special and, hug. Okay, yeah. So they do the special hug, and then Marceline uh is born. Uh-huh. How did they meet? We never see Hunson Abadir seems um Distinct from humanity, uh, very much separated. In fact, yeah. he's trying to eat their souls. But beyond that, this posits, I've said posits five times this episode. I started it. Oh, is it? Is that yeah. where I got it? I'm so bad at that. I got that oh. weird uh, verbal empathy thing. Um, <laughs> this brings up the idea that the NATO sphere predates the Mushroom War and all the weirdness. It does. So that means that even before the Mushroom War, bananas were demon poop. Ipso facto, etc. Yeah, I think not all bananas. And Merida. <laughs> Merida. <laughs> Fuck. I don't think all bananas are demon poop. I think. I mean, I just. I think now possibly all bananas are demon poop. Definitely all bananas in the nightosphere are demon poop. Okay. I and think, they just accidentally look like bananas? Or maybe they are bananas. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like some weird 16th century thing where like they thought there's like tiny little homunculus in your eyeballs or like you know you 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 jizz tiny humans and that's where babies come from. Where it's like oh so no, anyway, it just yes. Let's demon, talk about where bananas are, come from. Demons are the banana tree. <laughs> but I love the fact that like the way we learn about the uh, the ritual is you know Marceline is just sort of offhandedly saying like oh it's so much work to see my dad. I mean the song like first of all the song is so. 
amazing. It's it ends up being like one of the only songs that's used, one of the only like episode specific songs that gets used more than once across all the Adventure Time stuff, which is kind of cool. And uh, uh, just sort of, I, I usually don't talk about this until the end of the episode, but Hunts and Abadir is played by um, uh, 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 Martin Olson, Olivia Olson's actual dad. Yes. So Olivia Olson, who plays uh, Marceline, actually sings the song. There are some great YouTube videos of the two of them make, duetting this song, and it's just, it's such a tearjerker of a song, and it's really just about a young girl whose dad eats her fries when she wanted them. And then she's like, daddy, do you even love me? And the way she says it, it like, I mean, it, it hurts Finn. Like you can see the feelings. Cause Finn doesn't have parents, you know, or he's got dog parents. I would say though, uh, that is not about fries. And Marceline is so distant from her emotions that the only way she can approach the idea of feeling like her father abandoned her and this man that she's not sure even can feel love. Uh-huh. So her doubt takes the form of that one time that he stole her fries because the only way she can articulate it as a, you know, uh, a demon vampire queen. So the fries really are nothing. The fries are metaphor. Fries as metaphor. Fries as metaphor. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's probably true. Fries also uh, an electronic store and the lead character in Futurama. Oh, sorry. Fries I, doesn't exist anymore. I got to tell you that I'm Wikipedia. That's sad. Is that true? Well, at least the one up here doesn't. I don't know if there are any Fries left. Oh, that makes me sad. It makes me sad. I've been to Fries a bunch of times. I bought like <laughs> computer shit there. It was Pandemic. great. Pandemic. Why did you Take eat Fries? fries. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only thing to do in Wilsonville. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Wilsonville. <laughs> Speaking of Wilson. Well, if, if, you're, <laughs> if you're editing this, I was trying to give you a clear uh, cut. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'll think about editing it. I mean, I'm going to be editing it. I'll think about how seriously I will take the editing, which is seriously. I was, I, I'm getting a look. He gave me a look. What I would say <laughs> is this, is that if I hear edits in this episode, but you leave that in pretending that you're not going to edit to make us look better. Uh-huh. I'm going to say, well done, good sir. Well done. See, you <laughs> thought I was going the other way, but I didn't. I went this way. Uh, so uh, anyhow, Marceline talks about how hard it is to see her dad, and she talks about the ritual that it takes to summon yeah, him. Yeah, she's just offhanded. to like, oh, God, you have to throw bug milk on this picture and say, we'll be... Sp- blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so Finn does it, and a portal to the Nightosphere opens up. Hunson Abadir comes through, and right away, he's just like second souls he goes after finn's soul which by the way uh just on the finn note very impressive of our, of our young boy i did an episode with you where i've said that phrase i'm gonna say what 30 times yeah you said it to me just earlier tonight i still can't remember that fucker finn heard it once offhandedly in a story he was being told and could repeat it like that well done dude it's worse than that when we were doing the ritual and i have this in oh, recording. I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I said it to you so many times, and you repeated it back to me wrong, like ten times yes, before you yes. got it. So no, I yeah. Finn really, Finn really kicked ass there. One, I'm bad at, at recitation. I've always been that way. That's what stopped me from acting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That sounds like I'm leaving you to joke. It literally is. I like acting, but I I can never fucking remember. I'm not good at rote recitation. It's never been my thing. Yeah. Well, and apparently this little boy, last of the humans, can outshine me. Little fuck. 
hey, maybe he deserves to be last of the humans. Um, yeah, he just got lucky because he got born on that fucking awesome Thermoscara-like island. <laughs> Sorry that I was born to poverty and filth. <laughs> Dickensian little boy. I, he was also raised by dogs. Yeah, uh, please, please that talk about helps. the episode. You're, there's too many tangents in this one already. Are there? Are there? I don't think there are too many tangents. <laughs> Don't people listen for the tangents? Yeah, I guess so. I just okay. feel bad sometimes. I got uh, low self-esteem. So, uh, so when Hudson Avenue leaves, he takes Marceline's bass guitar, which turns out is the family axe that she mm-hmm. turned into a guitar. And that's the only reason she helps Finn out, which is good because Finn needs help. Finn's like, holy shit, this is a super bad situation. Hudson Avenue turns into this big, uh, what do we call giant monsters? Kaiju? Kaiju. He turns into this basically like demon soul-sucking kaiju. What he reminded me of is the animated sequence of the trial in Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, geez. You know where there's that weird, like, there's like the ass that walks by and tries to shit on him. And like, it's there's <laughs> this weird trip. But it, 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 he lo- does look kind of like it, a big ass. Yeah, no, it's got that, like, I, I, I don't know if maybe that was their, like, uh, animation reference, but it's very similar. And there's well, a hint also, similar. there's a hint to, to something that happens in a later Nightosphere episode when we see something living inside Hudson Abadir. Like there like he has Oh no, it's in so in this one when he opens his mouth, There's you a... can see another creature in the back. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we see that creature again. I've never watched a show before, so I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> this is my first time through. I don't know if the audience knows this. I've never seen an episode of of uh Adventure Time. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. All those references I made to like later episodes, uh that was uh Wild guesses, just just ridiculous wild guesses. Ah, you know. Okay, so uh, he goes on a rampage. They try to stop him, and there's this great fight scene between, I can't remember, is it Finn and Hudson Abadir, is it with the karate kicks? Karate kick. No, karate karate kick is is between Marceline and uh, Hudson, because she's holding him, and he goes karate kick, and his leg comes up at this ridiculous angle that really made me laugh. And then karate chop, and it's like, you can't destroy me. And then... Oh, there's a there's a great line too where he goes, "Unfortunately, I'm going to kill your dad." He's like, "You can't kill my dad." It's like you know, trying to talk her down. He's like, "No, literally, you can't kill my dad. He's unkillable. He's deathless. <laughs> yeah, he's deathless." That's yeah, yeah. I, know. I love that. <laughs> it's so fun. And so, uh, so the rampage continues because Finn can't stop him. Uh, Marceline only wants her her axe back, and then that's when we get one of the clues to one of the big secrets, one of the big mysteries in the show when Hudson Abadir finds gunter yes and he looks down and says something like oh, i have the quote if you, oh, like you have it. the quote okay of all of history's greatest monsters you are by far the most evil thing i've ever encountered yeah and that is the lord of hell talking to a penguin and oh, you don't so have great. any idea why like you're sort of like what because hudson abadir because you think it's a joke yeah, now you think it's and a then joke. you find out like it's kind of true but then he turns hudson abadir turns around and he sucks the souls out of all the other penguins yeah but he can't take gunter's Yes. And um and then and then one I, I wish we would have gotten to see a Hunts and Abadir Ice King fight. I think that would have been fun, except Hunts and Abadir scares the shit out of Ice King, literally. He says, uh, I've soiled my tunic completely by choice. Yes. <laughs> and runs away. Kind and of nerfs uh, Ice King there. I know he's a coward, but it's like yeah. you're on his you're on his territory. He's one of the like the, the you know the four basic principles that create this world yeah you'd think I mean, he you know, would be yeah. able to take on hunson avadir yeah just a little more spine there dude yeah yeah it would have been fun to see um any of the other you know elementals fighting hunson avadir i would have loved to see princess bubblegum fight well, bubblegum would get her ass handed to her i feel like the only elementals Maybe. that could stand up to hunson avadir 
is the slime because he just, you know, you just throw uh-huh. slime and he's like, oh, it's fucking gross. And maybe he goes back to hell. Princess, maybe. Yeah. And then Flint. But yeah. I mean, the Night of Fear, does, does it have flame? Or am yeah, I confusing that with like Christian Hell? Yeah, might be hell? immune to fire. I think there's a lot of fire in the Night of Fear. Yeah. But uh, Ice King should have been able to do something. Slow him down. Encase him in ice. Yeah, make cool ice ponds like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that one Batman movie. You mean the movie with the nipples? I believe that's the same one. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> in the end, the good guys do prevail, and the souls are all released, and... Oh, wait, wait. They're not, though. Because if you watch, yeah. souls come out, but you see the little green kind of tadpole egg-looking things? Yeah. They're still in there, and there's still stuff in there when he gets dragged back to the nightosphere. So you don't think that all the souls got I do out. not think all the souls. Oh, and I think there's, I think there's there's video evidence of the fact. Well, uh... Let's go to the refs. Let's go... <laughs> go to the instant replay. Um, I think a lot of the souls, though, did get... Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure a majority, or at least the most recent ones, but they were definitely still in there. Yeah. So basically, I'm saying Finn is like a heartless monster that just let people go to eternal suffering. He just no had reason. to... He had to get rid of Hunts and Abadir when he could. Uh, then, and then right at the end, I love that... Uh, it turns out Jake was there all along. Yeah. Hey, Finn, I've been to ask you, what's up with that pocket in your shirt? Oh, that's where Jake is. And then Jake yeah. just farts. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of interesting. This is Hunson Abadir is probably the most dangerous thing that Finn has ever faced. Yes. And Jake didn't help. Yeah, I was thinking about that, uh, which I, I do love at the end of the episode where they reveal Jake's been in his pocket the whole time. It makes you think, oh, yeah, it's weird. They didn't like the thought didn't occur to me of, hey, where's Jake? Yeah. It, you know, it's just it's it's a fun, you know, kind of argument. Uh, I would say that at no point. Other than his soul being trying to be ripped out, Finn wasn't in that much danger. And what's what, you know what's Jake going to do when his soul's getting ripped out? You know. Yeah, yeah, and also you know Jake is terrified of Marceline still. I think that's true. And yeah. Jake was feeling a little gassy. You really want to fight evil when you're gassy? I only want to fight evil when I'm gassy. Yeah, but you keep calling that your special weapon, and it's not your special weapon. Well, I'm gassy all the time, so uh, yeah, I exactly. Be my special yes. weapon. It's it's just called GERD, dude. <laughs> Gerd? Isn't that gastroencephalic law? I don't know. That's cool. I know oh, that might be that might be heartburn. Oh, yeah. Whatever. It's some kind of gross thing that like you know gross old guys like us get. Ah, uh, the farts. I mean, not me. I'm like a I'm like a cool young hip guy. With Is like, you, are you getting gray hairs? I've had gray hairs since we met. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting them in like a dignified, sexy Reed Richards kind of way. Right. Because nothing sure. finds girls sexier than uh, Fantastic <laughs> Four references. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see. I already talked about most of my trivia. So uh, Hunts and Abadir is played by Olivia Olsen's actual dad. So that. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, covered the fr- it in depth. Yes. Uh, the There are some returning characters in this episode. The Marauders, um, which were in the, the uh, what was it? something boom the boom boom mountain episode there a duck there's been ducks in previous episodes um it was it the duck though was it a repeating duck or did you just there just was a duck because uh, no actually to be fair i'm thinking of the next episode oh <laughs> fuck <laughs> i forgot that's not this okay one. okay well because it's like the uh, cold open of the next one i kind of thought that was the cold open uh, <laughs> um uh, marceline's cave uh, yeah. Where where uh, Finn and Jake lived for a short period of time. That's right, a returning right. guest. After yeah, that is a re- returning. Uh, and we see that again and again. Like that's basically Marceline's hangout for quite a while. Yes. 
Um, so that place will be back. Uh, I don't know if the Marauders ever come back, but that was, uh, I, I, but I loved the Boom Boom Mountain Well, the Marauders got their, their soul sucked out, so I can't imagine they come back. Oh yeah. Or maybe they were some of the souls that got released. I don't know, but it didn't seem like there was a lot of souls that got released. I mean, released. at the end, it didn't really seem like the souls knew where to go. They were just sort yeah, of just floating around, around. Yeah. bumping into each other. I assume eventually they helped the souls get back. I do, Maybe. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, the Marauder Viking types. Yeah. Did that like make you feel sad? You know, you being of like a Viking stock, like watching their souls get. Um, Did you, were you like, by Odin, I shall avenge ye. Um, you know, I feel like, yeah, maybe if we had managed to summon Hunts and Abadir, I would have punched him. I would have uh, paid hit a him, lot of money for that. I would have hit him with the tarot bat. You know, this is not to get back to this whole Dharma thing, but like, you know, that is his job. He can't really. No, you can you can punch him in the punch him in the gut, you know, punch him in the face, but not not a tarot bat. Okay, okay, I disagree, but we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. You know, if the situation ever really comes up, which I don't know if it will. I mean, I feel like oops, <laughs> a, a cartoon uh, anthropomorphization of evil appearing to you while you have a bat in hand. I think there's like a one in five chance of that happening. One in five sounds fair. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you like know, I would say, I would say slightly more than the chance of me having thrown an axe at your head the other day. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely fair. What's I, what's three in twelve? What's that? That's one fourth. That's one twenty-five percent. Okay, so twenty-five percent of the episodes that we've recorded, you've forgotten to turn your ringer off. I, I really knew, i knew what the math was i was just trying to do it that way to make it more of, yeah that is that is at least the third time it may be the fourth uh yeah maybe i would think early on but i mean i've done a pretty good job it was like three episodes ago you forgot i don't think that's true <laughs> i honestly don't it think. was i i'm remembering you even, back. Comment, you even commented on it when you turned it off and said hey look i remembered fuck <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, you know it's one of those things. I, sh- I should have one of those checklists. Yeah, I'm a fan of just. I just never have my ringer on ever. Yeah, I, I know it makes it hard to reach you sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> win. <laughs> All right, so Eric, I think uh, we may have discussed episode uh, one of season two enough. Well, then, is it time for a segment? I think we should do a segment. That's what I was driving at. I'm glad you picked that up. Okay. All right. Well, before we get into a segment, can I um, can I have one of those uh, yes. fancy beverages? Eric is lowering himself to drink one of my stupid-ass White Claw Hard Seltzers, Black Cherry Edition. Black Cherry. They don't sound as good as beers. Uh, no. Oh, uh, you know what? I think you needed to commit to the full open. I didn't want to break a nail. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Eric's Eric has taken to uh, having uh, very uh, uh, gussied up nails as of late. Currently, they're sort of serving a dual purpose. You know, I did a lot of cleaning, and um, I didn't wear gloves, and I sort of damaged my fingernails. Like this cleaning solution burned away at my nails. So right now, they're sort of protecting the delicate. That's why we're. It's weird this hasn't come up on the show before, but you know the Phantom of the Opera mask that I'm always wearing when we're recording. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I had acid thrown in my face. Did did we ever talk about this? Oh, that's right. I guess I totally had forgotten about that. That's that's why I know it's weird that we were like that. This wouldn't come up, but yeah, that's why I I thought you were always sort of wearing that to make fun of me, since Phantom of the Opera's name is Eric, and it was just sort of like a a thing. I mean, you know, it it can be two things at once. You know, this this can be a layered show. Uh, Speaking of layered show, what uh, segment do we want to do? Well, you know, I mean, since we're recording in a new location, I suppose we could do a segment like um eric tell me tell me a story about a weird thing in your study 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present our recurring bit. Hey, Eric, why don't you tell me about some weird thing that's in your study? Well, f- point out a weird thing and I'll tell you a story about it. I have to pick? Yeah. Um, uh, all right, so uh, crayons, huh? No. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, all this is like normal. Eric's got like, you know, he's got a Buffalo Bills uh, pennant, um, Portland Trailblazers on like most of the surfaces. All of my Super Bowl rings over on the wall there. Yeah, yeah. Eight seasons, two rings. I mean, what's that thing up there? Oh, the robot? Yeah, what's the, what's the it's robot? a robot car. Um, so uh, I really enjoy uh, electronics. I don't, I don't tinker with it as much as I did. But for a couple of years, I was really, really into. He does have a soldering iron I, on his desk. It's a soldering station. Oh, I just station. Oh, my this mistake. Is a, it's very fancy. I had no idea. Um, oh yeah, with like a dial that I can control the temperature very precisely and stuff. Um, Nerd. Yeah. So it's a it's a robot car that. Uh, I mean, car in quotes. It has it has four wheels, and uh, it's controlled with little servos and motors, and it has an uh, an Arduino microcontroller board on it, uh, along with a bunch of weird sensors and stuff. So it has like an echolocation sensor, it has infrared sensors, um, and you can basically like plug it into a computer, program the Arduino to do various things, and it'll drive the car around on its own. That's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I haven't used it in a while. I bet if we got it down, it'd be really dusty. And you'd be like, Eric, how come you never dust up here? And I'd be like, Alex, you're the only friend of mine who's tall enough to see up there. True. But also, anybody can see over there that horrific, horrific nest of of cobwebs that you have on your windowsill. That's not horrific. That's very dusty. It's just now, Eric, you've, you've seen my apartment. It is spotless. And I feel like spotless. I'm in the place. Fuck. To chat. So uh, audience, I hope you should know that I, I live in <laughs> I live in what could best be described as squalor. <laughs> it's not squalor. It's a untidy. It's a um, untidy basement. Mess. Untidy basement. No, I was going to say it's got character and atmosphere, a.k.a. signs of being unfuckable. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do actually. I have a segment for you, Eric. A quick okay. one. Okay. Uh, quickie. Hold on one second. Ooh, ooh. This is very exciting. Alex is reaching into his bag, and he's bringing forth. Eric and I were speaking on uh, on Sunday uh-huh. that uh, he uh, did not know that I was a poet in my previous life. I mean, I. No, I mean, I guess he knew, but whatever. Yes. I didn't know how to introduce it. I and, forgot about the Void Sutras, though. I don't think I've read those. Uh, yes, it came up as, uh, that Eric had not read it. So I'm going to give Eric, as a gift, a very poorly printed version of the Void Sutras. I tried to make it work. Ooh. And um, the words are all legible, except for the cover where I cut the S of Sutras off and almost the last letter of my name. Because uh, <laughs> I, I did the size wrong. Yeah. So is the segment going to be I'm going to read a poem? Uh, yeah, if you want to. I, I wasn't thinking that, but yes, let's do that. Ooh, Let me see what they That are. one looks dark. That's a good one. Here, there's a poem. Read the read the uh, sacral chakra or okay. sacral. Sacral chakra by Alex Bullen. Celebrated in a bombast of rain and circumstances, we moved at speed. We spoke as spaces between droplets over tables in an emptying room. Celebrated in an explosion of insight and small moments of eyes entwined and words flowing lively, we became as small movements of delicate hands and numbing lips as the first gasp of winter slid between our breath. Good. That's a poem. I like that. Thank you. That is a poem. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think when we were... um, I've been interested in learning how to uh, write poetry or figuring out how to write poetry for a while, for a long time. And 
And honestly, I'm I'm just I'm so bad at it. I feel like I'm, I feel like I don't even know how to get good at it. And so I ask people, "How the hell do you write a poem?" Pretty often, and I get a lot of different answers from different poets, and none of it really ever seems to help. And so, you know. Well, I can give you a hint, like on that one, what you do is just write sentences and just put a carriage return in weird spots. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. I can write a poem. That's, I mean, basically a poem is just like a long sentence with weird carriage returns. <laughs> uh, what I like to do uh, from a poetry standpoint, uh, like haiku, there's always like a nature aspect or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's done in like, so I try to get emotional content with the fewest amount of words it's oh. kind of my, that's my how to write a poem in, in very short form is try to get an emotion off uh, with just the smallest amount of, the, of words while using as beautiful of language as you can. Okay. And just, you know, make it flow. The make it flow part, that's where it's weird. Yeah. But like, yeah. just, you know, make it sound nice. But I mean, the main thing is if you use few words and try to get an emotional content across, you know, it's pretty poem-y, you know, don't use ands, you know? Yeah, I mean you can use and, but you know what I'm saying like don't don't you know make full sentences with periods and okay, like, okay. yeah, a, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, here's a here's a poem that I I tried to uh, write. I mean I don't actually have the poem, but I'll tell you the theme that I was trying to write about or the thing that I was sort of trying to describe. I was thinking about um, a couple weeks ago. I uh, uh, was walking uh, through Northeast Portland in the rain, and it was. I was walking along Sandy, so there's a lot of traffic, and it was splashy and wet and dark and miserable, and the rain was coming down, and I came to this brewery that I wanted to go to, and it was just nice and warm and welcoming in there, and there was that sort of transition from this, like, miserable, getting splashed by passing cars, dark gray day, to this, like, warm, comforting, like, fancy beer sitting at a bar with a friend sort of thing. And I was like, this should be a, this could be a poem. Uh, yeah. So write the poem. Okay. I tried, but I ended up with a lot of really long sentences. Well, so what you do is just chop out the ands. Chop uh, out the ands and break the sentences car- in weird places. Bunch of, bunch of carriage returns. Maybe add a metaphor or two. There's a short story uh, by, by uh, Hemingway, uh, which uh, describes this. Well, yeah. Boo, as a, Hemingway. As a person, yes. As a writer, uh, no finer writer has ever existed. Oh, my God. This is the end of our friendship. I mean, it's, right, so anyway, a clean, well-lighted place uh, is, is is a short story describing exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Well, not exactly, but it's, that's, it, I think reading Hemingway is a good way to learn how to write poetry because he distilled the sentence down to its, like, constituent parts and still made it beautiful. Ah, I've read Hemingway. Really? I yes. love Hemingway. Well, you know, you aren't right about everything. Which one didn't you like? Name one. Uh, cl- uh clean, well-lighted place. Hated it. Um, <laughs> what's the one where he goes to watch? Um, I don't know. Watch, I don't know. We're not talking about Hemingway. Bullfighting any... and his his friend had his testicles off, and it's done really, really. Sun well. also rises. Yes, the sun also rises. It's beautiful. Ugh. All right, I'll allow you to not like Hemingway. That's Thank fine. You. Thank but you. But if you if you like Herman Melville, it, this is done. I don't even have strong feelings in either direction about Herman Melville. Okay, that's, that's Although acceptable. Captain Ahab's last words are pretty good. Oh, that's there's some good stuff in that book. Yeah. It's just the book as a whole is a fucking train wreck and is I've said it From Hell's Heart I stab at thee. Uh, yeah, I liked it in the original Klingon. The, <laughs> just really quick, people at home, I want you to understand this thing about Moby Dick. Moby Dick was understood to be a terrible work that no one liked. 
there was one academic, I think he was at Harvard, that started just banging the drum saying, this is the greatest work of blah, blah, blah. The boredom is intentional because you're on the ship. And <laughs> the he, boredom is intentional. No, literally, that's that's the argument. Oh, of course, because it evokes the sense of boredom being stuck on a ship for so long. And he, this motherfucker, like, gaslighted the entire world into thinking that Moby Dick is a work of literature. It, 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 this great literature, I should say. And it, dude, there's two chapters about tying knots. It is a garbage book. I, season <laughs> two episode. I'm, I'm looking at my i i feel like at some point i had a copy of moby dick but i've gotten rid of it i mean it's so fucking huge it takes up too much shelf space and um, two chapters on not time which is okay if you are a boy scout handbook yeah, also it's okay if you're just like a mediocre book from a couple hundred years ago which is what that book is it's <laughs> fine it's just not one of the best books ever written sorry it's not come okay. at me bro Dude, at whizbiz pod i don't need to come at you i don't have I was talking to the feelings audience. oh yeah. you mean the people in the audience you well that's well that's why i gave the twitter address because you would know that already i was i, was I feel saying. like we should probably take all the stuff about being a herman melville uh fan podcast out of our podcast description then i don't know why we put that there in the first place I'm gonna well, be honest with i you. think we thought we would attract academics everything i just said was satire <laughs> we're the, we're the candid of, of podcasts and and we're the we're the we're herman melville stands there's uh yeah we I mean, love I, whales i wish especially four, white whales i wish four chapters were devoted to not time to it i wish i wish also you would open it with call me ishmael and then a bunch of dummies think that's your real name <laughs> no offense dummies that's like that reminds me uh how Nimrod now means stupid because of Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. 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 That's it's true. Oh, audience home, if you don't know that. Uh, Nimrod's a guy from the Bible, is a famous hunter. So Bugs Bunny called uh, Elmer Fudd Nimrod in one of the early cartoons, but he meant it in like a pejorative kind of silly way. And now that word means a dumbass. Yeah. And it's literally because of a cartoon duck from the. Uh, a long time ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, from the from the from the from the way back back. Yeah, I mean, we'd be better at remembering this if we hadn't been up for seven days. You know, we had to deal with that ghost ship vortex, the fire dragon problem. Oh, we fed and that we duck. Went, yeah, we went to Lumpy Space Princess's uh, quinceanera. Oh yeah, and then Peppermint Butler, Butler's goblin problem, and then <laughs> we had to save Wildberry Princess from the Ice King. Yeah, and then there was that bandito, and we saved that house. But yeah, we did feed the duck. That was good. Yeah, the feeding the duck was the was the main takeaway. Um, how old is Finn in this episode? Uh, I think he's still thirteen-ish. Is he eleven? Eleven. Okay, so maybe, he's eleven. Maybe twelve. So that means that Lumpy Space Princess not only rapes him in a later episode, Whoa. but is five years older than him. Holy shit! You're right. Unless the Lumpy people do their quinceanera at a different time. Why do lumpy people have quinceaneras? But I think quinceanera isn't isn't that the fifteen years Spanish old. for fifteen or sixteen, right? It's fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, Quinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the eyes. Oh, sorry, is... trigger warning. I just said a shitty word. Sorry, guys. Which word? Oh, the 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 uh, 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 trigger uh, S A sexual assault word. Oh, uh, uh, I shouldn't flippantly say the R word in reference to that as like a like a punchline. That's but it, true. But it is it does happen in the show. It just I shouldn't be flippant about it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I apologize. I guess we'll that, worry about that one. If that if that made you a little cringy, uh, that is not my uh, point. I'm an old man and uh, being aware of how you can affect people is somewhat new to me. I was raised a male in the Western world and therefore believe that all emotions are garbage. Yeah. Alex is whack. He's got poo brain. So, season two, episode two, The Eyes. This is a weird one. It's 
Oh, you know the word you're thinking of? Uh, uh, well, two words, technically. Maybe hyphenated is one word, but a uh, bad episode. Yeah, it's kind of a bad episode. It is, and it's and it's it's doubly so because it follows up a delightful season two opener. It's oh, like yeah. opening the doors to Marceline and the, the Nightosphere and all this cool lore shit. And then the next one is a fucking horse that looks at you. And not to say that that's not a funny concept. It is. But it is done in a wearisome manner. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and it and it just it, like the whole episode is just them dealing with this stupid fucking horse. <sighs> there are some good spots in the episode. Like uh, Finn or when uh, Jake plays classical music and summons snakes. I really enjoyed that part. I, I that was that was very funny. Uh, I liked how they don't know how to print it was Beethoven and Mozart. Yeah, uh, uh, Beethoven. Very, very fun. Um, I did uh, the whole thing of being about totally being whack with the poo, poo brain. Jake saying I diagnosed them as being whack with the poo brain earlier. Uh, really fun. But for the most part, it's just uh, it goes on too long. The like, hey, let's dress them as a bunny thing. Funny line, but then they spend like three minutes doing it and trying to talk hawks into picking up the thing. And the hawks do. It's just and then he drops it through the ceiling. So what I realized watching it this time is. And I don't know if they're doing it purposefully, but I think they're kind of playing off of, remember, um, uh, and the cat came back. They thought it was a goner, but the cat came back. It just wouldn't stay away. And then uh. inside, like, they throw the cat outside and the cat comes back. They, like, they uh, dress the cat as a bunny and have hawks take it away and the yeah. cats come back. I guess it's so. got that same kind of repetitive, like, hey, let's push it down the hill. No, let's push it over there. No, let's, uh, I'll use my powers on you, even though I'm tired. And it's got a very uh, similar feel to it, except... Um, it's, sorry, uh, spoiler alert, guys. Uh, turns out... The Ice King? No way! It's like he came straight from Panto at Christmas time, dressed uh, as a horse, but he couldn't find anybody to be his friend and dressed as the other side. Yeah, it was just him. Just him and the stupid horse. How did he get that horse's eyes to dilate and move around, though? Uh, I don't know. It's stupid. Magic? Magic. Yeah, but he's ice magic, so I don't know. Yeah, it's just stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. I tried. I put I put all sorts of effort into that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of um, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, and not to I, like I'm not even down. It's not like it's not the worst episode. It's it's fine. I think I would like it a lot better if I hadn't just watched you know the Night of Sphere episode, right. and if I had not paid attention. This is a perfect. So what I love about Adventure Time, you've you've said this before as well, is its uh, snackability. That mm-hmm. it's that it's ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and 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 yeah. you just fit it in when you want. And I find also it's fun to just have on in the background, like right, I'm right. doing some mundane task, and I just want to have my friends on TV. If I looked up every now and again, I'm like, ah, shit, that horse is doing some stuff. It'd be fine. Like if right, I'm not right. watching the episode, <laughs> but it's just kind of like in the back, like doing its thing. But that's the problem is that we watched we, the episode. We have to we watch sat the, and yeah. watch the episode. I have I have my phone just... out taking notes. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. it, I had it, to be was kind present of... for it. So there are a couple things I really liked about the episode. Uh, there's the the, there's the fight scene music where they have that sort of like uh, bongo drum sort of thing going on, which I really, really oh, liked. No. It kind of reminded me of the Avengers, uh, not the superheroes, but... Uh, oh, I was, it reminded me of um, or uh, like, Star Trek when they when Kirk yeah, yeah. and Spock Star Trek fall. kind of. You know, that kind of, or maybe not that episode, but that dramatic, like... Yeah, And then the other thing is I liked, you know, I mean, by the end of the episode... Uh, and yeah, actually, no, you know, I didn't like that. The, at the end of the episode, you know, Ice King sort of reveals that he was spying on them because he wanted to learn how to be happy. 
Yeah. And by the end of the episode, when he's like, they, they fall asleep all cuddling. Yes. Cuddling with the Ice King, with, which I don't think Finn and Jake would ever do. I just don't see it happening. I'm going to give them just a, the smallest amount of credit because they are delirious with uh, having not slept for like a week. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever stayed up for like more than like a night or two in a row. Your brain starts doing some funky, really weird, poobering stuff. Yeah. That I'm going to forgive the episode for. It's it's very out of character. There's no yeah. denying that. Yeah. But given that they're delirious from lack of sleep, I feel, all right, fine. You fell asleep on the Ice King. It's, you know, he looks soft. Ugh. Oh, God. No, you've seen into that robe. He's some sort of weird ass. Ugh. 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 And yeah. he must smell so awful. No, I, he's cold. Uh, he's cold. Yeah, and that would kill off, you know, all the bacteria and stuff. He's like that sort of like odor. a. It's sort of like you know that sort of thing where you want your pillow to be cold when you go to bed. Yes, he's basically the cold pillow. So you're saying that uh, the Ice King is cooler than the other side of the pillow? I just double uh, double pointed at Eric with that. Those were double finger guns. Is that how it works? Isn't that a finger gun? I mean, this... uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess so. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But but like in a cool like Kim Wexler from Better Call Saul thing. Oofta, I've never seen that show. Uh, yeah, well, it's a great show, and you should watch it. But there's no superheroes in it, so you probably won't like it. Well, I watch shows that superheroes. Okay, there's also no vampires. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I did like uh, that. Uh, uh, Ice King, it's more of his uh, desperate loneliness shows up. I was just trying yeah. to learn how to be happy. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, it speaks to me because I'm it a is miserable Ice King, old man. That's, that's a magic totally user. an Ice King thing. Yeah. 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 The only piece of trivia I have for this episode is that the horse design was based on the work of a comic book, of a comic artist uh, named Kate Beaton, who. Uh, for a good long stretch, made this amazing webcomic called Hark a Vagrant. And I printed out um, the... Uh, I printed out this comic, uh, Shetland Pony Adventures, which is the first appearance of the horse in uh, Kate Beaton's comics uh, for you to look at. But then I also uh, set my lunch down on it, so it got a little stained and stuff. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But... Okay, well, you read a poem before. I'll, I'll, okay. uh, I'll read this one. Okay. Ahem. Ahem. The Shetland Pony Adventures. We see a Shetland Pony eating at some hay. A man comes in with suspenders saying, Pony, I need you. We must ride like thunder, he sits upon the pony. And off they trot. And he says, you've stopped. What's the matter? Is there danger? For which the pony stops and responds with poop and poops. And the man, while riding away, says, ew. The caption underneath this comic says i was told i made intelligent comics and then i made a comic about a horse that pooped <laughs> god bless you kate all the way beaten. to the kate beaten she I, you know th um that art style looked familiar to me i think i've read some of those comics over yeah the years. hark of yeah. vagrant so this is a really early one but hark of vagrant um she sort of started off making a lot of comics about uh sort of making fun of um victorian novels and uh, they were hilarious and and fairly highbrow humor, but really really good. I like Moby Dick. Uh, no, she mostly. Where where's uh, Mr. Darcy from? Uh, Wuthering Heights is that Wuthering Heights, or is that? It's one of those. It's one of those kind of like the Bronte ish. Yeah, yeah, she really she wrote a lot of comics about the Bronte sisters and the oh, stuff that yeah. they wrote. Um, and they're good. They're really, really good. Uh, Kate Beaton is incredibly skilled. I hope she listens to our podcast. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, Kate Beaton, if you're out there, thank you so much for Hark of Vagrant. Shout out, shout out to Kate Beaton. Yeah, I miss that comic. Um, she probably ran it, 
ran it for like five or more years and I read it religiously when it was in my RSS reader for sure. Well, I very much hope uh, they got some cash off that because they did. They she she published books. Uh, oh, she yeah. made money. I was like when that happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she was. It was. It ended up being a very successful webcomic. So good job, Kate Beaton. Thank you. And it inspired uh, the this Adventure Time design. I don't have anything else to say about that that episode. I honestly, I'm glad that you pointed out that it was a bad episode because yeah, it was. It, it's hard for me to recognize that in Adventure Time. Sometimes I want to. There, I mean, the thing is, there aren't many, and even this one, I wouldn't say, I mean, I said it's bad. It's not, like, actively shitty. Yeah. It's it's just not, it's just not great. It's just, like, this uh, mediocre to, like, it's a C minus, you know? It's, yeah. it's probably passing. But there's not many, like, bad, like, actively, like, holy shit, I never want to watch this episode. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to give it, like, a little bit of a break, but also... You know, life's short. You know, it's don't bother watching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could skip this episode, and you probably won't miss anything. Um, however, Peppermint Butler shows up in this episode just a little bit. Oh, I don't think I noticed. It was at the beginning when they were listing all the the things that they'd been doing for seven days. One oh, of them was was, was Peabots in there. Awesome. Yeah, dealing with uh, with Peppermint Butler's goblin problem, and it, so there was a little bit of Peppermint Butler. I really like him. He's possibly my favorite character. Uh, okay, so I think we have two things left to do before we end this. All right, who won tonight's episodes? Yes, um, I'm going to say Gunter. Yeah, I think Gunter's the runner away. Like, I can't even really think of a second place. It's Gunter. Yeah, I mean, it has to be, you know, he, he, he it's, it's, it's almost a throwaway joke yeah. that ends up being... This massive, massive Just fight. a yeah. massive, Terrific. massive, yeah. important plot point later on. So I think Gunter wins. Yes. Okay. And then the other one is Alex... Please tell me you've got a shiny rock. Boy, howdy, do I have shiny rocks for you. Oh. Ooh. I have more than one. Ooh, I like this because then I get to write them down. Uh, well, one you don't again. have to write down. I'm I'm reasonably sure you know. Well, I'm, I'm 100% sure you know this word. Okay, okay. I just don't know how well-known it is in, like, the, the non-nerdy people. But um, I don't think any of the non-nerdy people listen to this podcast. Oh, that's true. All right. So 100% of our audience already knows what Zugzwang is. Zugzwang? Yeah, Zugzwang. Zugzwang. Yeah. Zugzwang? What is it? Oh, I thought you... Do you really not know? I don't know. How do you spell that, it? That isn't... Uh, uh, Z-U-G-S-W-A-N-G. Or uh, some something Zugfang. very close. Yeah, something very close to that. That looks German. It is. Okay. Oh, I, I would have thought you knew this. Um, well... That, this isn't like a... <laughs> you thought you'd know this. It is. It, just, it is. It, He's no, totally... He has the look. It's about chess. It's about logic. And it's from German. I just oh, figured... Oh, we've already done this word. Zugfang? Yeah. No, that's a different... No, we did a different German word. Okay. Zugfang is... Uh, so in chess, uh, and this is the metaphor for its its full meaning, in chess is when the only available move, like the rest of the board, like literally your only legal move you're allowed to take mm-hmm. weakens your position significantly. Okay, yeah, we didn't do this word, but uh, I have a buddy who's a huge chess nerd, yeah. and he was telling me about this just a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's Zuzfang. awesome. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Zuzfang is essentially like when, the, the, you know, it's like the... The only option left is the shitty one. You're in a Zugzwang. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which, which is a great one. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't know that off the top of your head because it's one of those, um, if you, because I've been trying to learn chess, uh-huh. it's like the the popularity of that word is more in the front of my head than, okay. than okay. So I have, I have another one. I have two more. This one, I, I if you know, would be good. Uh, suspiration. Suspiration. S-U-S-P-I-R-A-T-I-O-N. Suspiration. Gosh, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. 
Is that a suspiration? That is a suspiration. Wow, that was good. Ooh. It's an elongated side. A... <sighs> Very nice. And then uh, one more, uh, just because uh, I think I referenced it earlier tonight. Oh, yeah. I know Panglossian. Oh, do you? Oh, well, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, uh, Candide is possibly one of my... Possibly top five favorite books. Oh, that's fine. You know, if if on the list of words that I thought you'd know, I, I definitely would have. I think that would be third of like, yeah, no one knows. That really? Word. I mean, come on, Voltaire. Like, don't I seem like the sort of dude who's read some no, Voltaire? Thing, like, I've, I've read Candide. It's just like, I don't I think... quote Candide all the time. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not nearly that far. I really liked it, but it's just like, uh, sorry to be for uh, on his own. Pangolossian is uh, being unrealistically optimistic. And it's after the character of Dr. Pangloss, yeah. uh, who believes everything is for the best in the best of all possible worlds. Yes, yes. He's kind of a, yeah, he's too optimistic. He's like a, like a, like a, like a, like a poo head, a yeah. poo brain. He's yeah. got the poo brain. Um, so we should uh, talk about where we can be found on the internet. You get to do that. Uh, we are on TikTok, which we've uploaded exactly one thing so far. Uh, but find us on TikTok at Wisdom Podcast. And um, we are on Inst- Instagram, Instagram, which I've done some things on there at Wisdom Podcast. And, and YouTube. Oh, and YouTube, which we have to find out whether or not we have a video on there. But if we do... Wisdom Podcast. Wisdom Podcast. Uh, and it'll be a good video because it's us uh, talking and having fun on Halloween. Yeah, and, and playing stupid games. And we play stupid games. Yeah. Were there and spiders? There, there were spiders. There were spiders. I don't know if that's going to be in the video, but remember you had that like background where the spiders were dropping down? You oh, did, like, yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Eric yeah. <laughs> did like a Twitch scene thing with like I spiders and Halloween stuff. It was, fun. It was good. I, I enjoyed that. The Twitch scene thing was really fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, stay safe and watch some Adventure Time and... Um, don't uh, feed your mogwai after midnight. Exactly. And remember, if you like the show, tell at least two of your friends. Tell them to tell two of their friends. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the show, tell like three of your friends and make sure they listen out of a hate watch kind of thing. Because, uh, you know, nothing sells books better than a book burning. See you next time. Alfita Zane, minor champions. Mm-hmm.